I cried on national television. Stop. I swear. I swear. <laughs> I cried on national television, but not because I was sad. Yeah. I was there for like four weeks and I maybe talked to Rachel one-on-one -on -one for eight minutes oh in four God. weeks. I was always on a group. A group. Okay. It wasn't because I was in love with the lady. Welcome to the podcast, episode two of Living Large. Yo, thank you guys so much for all the love and support on the latest episode, especially on TikTok. We had over 750,000 views. Today's guest is a former Bachelorette star. Welcome to the show, Iggy Rodriguez. Star is a very kind way to put my description of the, on, the, on the Bachelorette, but I appreciate it. It's very you were nice. on a reality TV show. Star? High yeah, praise. You didn't make I it to the I was on end. the show. I all guess right, reality TV, you can't. You are a reality TV star. You know what? I'm going to take it. It's been a long time since I've heard it. I like it. It feels good still. All right. Iggy and I are really good friends. He used to be my next door neighbor when I lived at 1600 Vine. Uh, he's thrown some amazing parties. I don't know if that's what I like being known for, but we've had, we've had a couple <laughs> good times in those And buildings. then now we play Call of Duty. And stay inside. Yeah. And now we, now we, now, now we decide whether or not we even want to go out in the world. Right. Yeah. So let's start with The Bachelor at... Man. How did you get on The Bachelorette? They have like a recruiting team. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like something that I sought after. Like, I think, I think they show like people in lines, like waiting to interview. That was not my intention. Mm -hmm. The real story that I haven't really told generally is I was super unfamiliar with the show and I had an ex-girlfriend that I was deeply in love with. I was in Chicago at the time. She was the first one where I was like, this one like might be a thing. Mm -hmm. And she called me one day at like 9 a.m. crying. And I'm like, number one, it's 9 a.m. <laughs> Nothing is this bad at 9 a.m. Uh, but she had some shit at work and like it was still relatively new in the relationship. And so I ended up getting a reservation to her favorite restaurant and I called her at like noon and I'm like, look, I know you're having a tough day. I wanna hear all about it. Got your reservations, have a glass of wine. Like I'm here to listen. She ends up calling me at like almost five and She's like, hey, I'm so sorry. Like, I was so excited to go to dinner, but I just, I can't do it tonight. And in my head, I'm like, all right, she's got work or something else is wrong or what's going on. And she goes, the girls are coming over. It's the first episode of The Bachelorette. And I'm like, okay. Like, like I didn't know this was like a community yet. Yeah. And she's like, well, I still want to hang out with you. Like, you, like you did such a sweet thing. Like, come hang out with us. I want you to meet my friends. So for me, it's like, all right, you want me to meet your friends? This is still like a positive thing. I go over and it is full on like seven girls in like face masks and robes and wine and charcuterie. It's a whole fucking thing. And I do my best to like play along with it. I sit down five minutes into the show. I'm like, this is the worst piece of shit I've ever seen in my entire life. Mm -hmm. And then like an hour and a half into the show, I'm like, Johnny doesn't seem like such a bad guy. I'm kind of rooting for this guy. And so I get super invested in it. Now I'm like familiar with it. And like these girls were obsessive. I'm mm -hmm. talking like, brackets like spending what? money on they're like they're like betting like fantasy football on this <laughs> fucking show so fast forward she breaks my heart and about two weeks later i get an email or it's actually a linkedin i get a linkedin dm wow from recruiters who were like hey we're recruiting for a dating show we want guys who are a little bit older a little more established like we think your profile fits great i know exactly what it is of course mm -hmm. I end up going to the interview process. I end up getting selected. And for as many weeks as I can survive, my ex had to watch me on her favorite show and bet whether or not I was gonna stick around. And I stuck around long enough to make it interesting. So the real story is I did it as kind of like a fuck you, mm -hmm. but it ended up being a pretty good time. Did she ever reach out? <clears throat> right before I went on the show, we had like, I took her to get a drink. Cause I wanted to tell her in person Mm -hmm. Partly because I was like, I kind of want to see the yeah yeah, yeah, yeah I kind of yeah. want to see the reaction. Um, in that moment, we were like having a drink, and I told her, and I, I'd been telling my friends, of course, that so she'd kind of known already. And she does like the very like movie scenic, like puts her hand on my hand, and she's like, "Is there anything that I can do to not make you do this?" What? And I'm like, "No, I think we're good. Like this is this is over." Like, it was obviously such like a. It, it, it was an attempt to like just get me not on the show. Mm -hmm. I didn't think it was like, hey, I want to date you again. It was just like, please don't do this kind of thing. Uh, but no, I ended up going on it and you know had a pretty good time. How was that experience being on the show and how far did you make it? I say top 10. 
Okay. But I got whacked at number 10. Okay. Uh, Top 10? So, yeah, there's, like, I think there's like almost 40 guys that start in the house. So mm-hmm. I, I was like on four or five episodes, which is like basically half the season. Um, it's weird, you know, it's a lot less glamorous than people think it is. Like yeah. the house sucks. Really? It's eight guys in a room on bunk beds and we're all like pretty like large human beings. Yeah. So you've got eight big sweaty dudes in a place that like doesn't serve. It just smells like foot and fart like the entire time inside that room. And you're like, you can only go cause the cameras are only set up in like so many areas. So you can really only go in like a couple rooms of the house mm-hmm. and there's no TV. There's no phone. There's no access to any outside information whatsoever. So you're just locked into a bubble and all they do is force you to talk about things that you generally don't talk about. Okay. Like, all the awkward interactions or guys having these like heart to hearts, it's producers that'll sit you down and be like, Iggy, what do you think about this thing? Oh, and ask Mark what he thinks about this thing. And then talk about the thing that we want you to talk about. So it's in a sense scripted. It is as close to, it's a produced show. I'll put it yeah. that way. Like they don't tell you what to say, but they will sit there and listen to you talk until they get whatever they need to build the narrative around the show. <clears throat> Everybody, and this, this is what I've been told, and I believe it to be true. Everyone, but like the top two people are producer edits. Mm. So the main guy or girl picks their favorite two people, and that's like pretty much it. Everyone else fills a specific role that the producers want from them on the show. And the longer you play that role, the better you play that role for them, the longer you stick around. So when you see people doing shit and you're like, I would never in a million years ever do that or say that, Number one, you're hammered the entire time. They're just feeding you alcohol. They feed you alcohol the entire time. None of us are actors, right? Maybe guys are like models or whatever, but we're not, this is like having a camera in our faces is, is a pretty uncommon experience. So you're, you're awkward. You're like, right. you need to like loosen up a little bit. They know that. So they feed you drinks all day, every day. They put you in really stressful positions. You only sleep a couple hours a night. You're like, you're filming until maybe like two, three in the morning. And then you're up right away like at the crack of dawn to film the stuff they didn't get from the previous night so you're super hungover you're irritable you're in a house full of like super aggro guys you don't want to get cut you're trying to figure out what the fuck's going on you can't work out so there's no like stress relief Mm -hmm. it's just this like tension that builds in the house every single week and whose season were you on uh rachel Lindsay. she was a first african-american bachelorette okay yeah and what men were on there that like ended up popping off um, on social media afterwards. So there were only a couple that like really, I think, made like made a living out of it. Uh, Dean. I don't know if you remember Dean. Did he become The Bachelor? He didn't, but oh. he got a lot of screen time. And he was okay. like on a couple extra seasons of like the other, sh- like like the spinoff series. Mm-hmm. Dean got really popular. Um, that for sure was like the big one for us. Um, Did she pick Dean? No. Dean. De- But Dean was like, so when you get to like top four, you get to go to these quote unquote hometown dates Mm -hmm. and like people get for however produced it is like get to see your background a little bit. Yeah. And he was like America's sweetheart and he's fucking, he's a handsome guy and he's funny and like he's charming and he, uh, he did as much with it as, as he could and he's still doing it. Like he married a girl that he met on paradise. Okay. So it's just like he, he bought all the way in. But the thing I like about Dean is that it feels authentic. Like they like each other, mm-hmm. like they're actually enjoying their lives. Most often those relationships feel so fabricated only because you quote unquote fall in love mm-hmm. in this scenario that doesn't exist anywhere else. Right. Like your first date, you're on a private jet going to Sonoma and a sommelier is like giving you a private label bottle of wine and a chef's coming. Like this shit doesn't like. I took a girl to Soho the other night. That felt nice. Yeah. But that was like as deep as it's going to get. Like we're not right. going on a PJ to fucking Sonoma. In that scenario with cameras and like all the pressure, it's this artificial attraction. I'm sure they're still attracted to each other, but we've talked about this. Like that love, love is like sitting on the couch at like 10 right. watching a show and being perfectly happy, not saying a word across the couch of each other. It's like, like a heightened honeymoon. It's like, insane first dates, second dates. I mean, the whole concept of the show is crazy because if you in real life, you're like, if you met a girl and you're like, for example, you're the bachelor in real life and you're like, Hey, 
I'm also talking to 30 other women. Just straight up up front. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No girl is going to want to compete with that. So what, yeah. do you, what makes people want to go on this show? Is it the popularity afterwards? It's got to be. Like, for me, it was a common... When I was younger, I wanted to be a sports broadcaster. Mm-hmm. So I kind of always wanted to do something on TV. So for me, it was going to be a fun experience no matter what. But this is now like six-ish years ago. Mm-hmm. Instagram was really popping off. So you think you have this like opportunity to do something with it. I'm not a creative guy. I never kept it going. Mm-hmm. But it is like an alluring thing to have the opportunity to make something of it. Like very few people have that opportunity. Either it's a really difficult space or the people are so much more talented or good at social media, guys like you. For people who don't know that world, all of a sudden you're kind of thrust into the spotlight. And the idea of maybe I can do something with that is super exciting. Otherwise, I would never know what that life is like. And granted, I was like, I consider myself to be like popular for maybe a couple, like three or four or five months. Mm-hmm. It like fundamentally changed the way I looked at like myself and relationships for a period of time. Like having that much attention on you all the time, it is absolutely like it's a drug. Like you love it. You love the attention. Mm-hmm. You love the likes. You've never gotten it before. This like inflated sense of ego, like all that shit is a real thing coming from seemingly like a stupid reality show did it mess up your dating life significantly for like a while why transparently i've always been like a little insecure about Mm -hmm. i think everybody is but i just never felt like i was that like that hot guy that got like the hot girl and like always felt like i had to be successful and do well and be fun like I, i always felt like i had to do more than the quote unquote hot guy to mm-hmm. be in a relationship or to find that person. And all of a sudden overnight and granted, again, I wasn't like a huge figure in the show, but I was there enough overnight. I'd open my Instagram inbox and there's 99 plus unread messages. People I don't know girls from all over the country. Like, Oh my God, you were so funny and you're so nice. And, and people are being mean to you. And like, I support you. I would love to come down and see you. Like I was in Chicago at the time and they're like, I'm in Minnesota. I'll drive down. Just let me know. Like crazy. And it's girls that I would want to talk to right. That maybe wouldn't give me the time of day. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden I have all these options and it, it's like, it's intoxicating. It's, it makes you feel good. It blows your ego up. And all of a sudden when I ended up speaking to a girl that I liked and that like was more meaningful than that, I sort of brushed it off. So I'm like, well, I have infinite options. This is, this is like, this is going to last forever. Yeah. Right? Like this is my life now. Yeah. And it put me in a position where I just didn't appreciate the things I had when I had it. And it took me a long time to kind of pull myself back from that desire to be recognized all the time. So after the show, did you go on like a little single bachelor spree? Call it a spree. <laughs> yeah. I guess we can call it a spree. Yeah. I mean, I definitely took advantage of the popularity for a little while. Did you think that women were now only into you though, because of your being on the show and how did that affect you? I think for a little bit, you don't care. Mm. You're like, this is just fun. Yeah. Like even if the acknowledgement is that's what it is, it's still just fun. Like I had no intention of getting in. Like I don't want to get married right away. I didn't want to get married on the goddamn show. I went on (laughs) it because it was hilarious. Yeah. Like it, 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 everything felt like, I knew the score, like mm-hmm. I, whether or not that was the reason they were attracted. I was okay with it for a while. And then it does start to become like, it's the only thing we talk about. Yeah. Right. I, I like, they're asking you questions about it every, every single time. I yeah. would tell my friends when I was like dating after the show, like I have a script, <laughs> like I know what we're going to talk about. We're going to have a drink. She's going to pretend not to want to ask me. Mm-hmm. Then she's going to ask me and I'm going to go into <laughs> it. And by the time we get four or five drinks in, we're having a great time and she knows all the secrets and you know, yeah. we're, we're taking it out for the night. It's like every yeah. date is a podcast and it, me asking you right now. <laughs> it was literally the exact same thing every time. Yeah. On the show, you mentioned producers, they kind of like fill roles, right? Like yeah. if there's the drunk guy, there's the crazy guy, there's the angry guy, there's yeah. the roid rage guy, yeah. there's the sweetheart. Like you mentioned, what was your role on the show? So I was a little older. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had, I was really fortunate. I just had like a, uh, relatively significant success in Chicago, like 
in the startup world and, and the company I was with went through an acquisition. So I had like a little bit of like, I guess, credibility from like a career standpoint where some of the other guys were like models and trainers and, you know, kind of like a little less recognized for being intelligent and more just like the hot guy. Mm-hmm. And so the role that, that they ended up wanting me to play was more of the like dad sincere figure in the house where they would encourage me every single time that I talked to Rachel to express concern about something or be honest with her about what was really going on in the house because she trusted my opinion because I was smart and seemed nice and sweet or whatever. And it ended up being this like split between Iggy's talking shit about Mm. people in the house and no, he's just supporting her best interest when really I was just blacked out and doing whatever the producers wanted me to do because I was having a good time on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see the edit afterwards and you're like, you you took that out of context. Like that's not what I was talking about. So here's like the first time it really fucked with me. I think it was the second episode. They had some guy talking about something to the group. And then the next scene of people reacting to his comments, like kind of being snarky and kind of like, what the fuck's he talking about? was cut from a completely different day Mm. and just kind of put into place to make it seem like the impact was different than it actually was. Like, I remember that guy, like he was just kind of joking around. I don't don't even remember what the actual topic was, but I know the reaction wasn't like visceral and mean or like angry. Nobody really gave a fuck. We're just like, okay, who cares? But the reaction on the show was like, everyone was so invested into what he was saying and it caused such a big reaction in the house. It wasn't even the same day. Not in the same conversation. But you don't, they don't edit the show in real time. They so do. You, really? They have like a war room. I was So you hammered. see the show before the next episode? Or like before it's even aired? No, but they cut it in real time. So like as things are going on in that day, they'll put it together like in a show format as you're going through the show. Like the episodes I think are airing as you're finishing. Really? Yeah. So, so how are you right seeing them? Are they showing you those cuts every day or no, what? No, no, no. You don't see anything. So Okay, so you don't know what's going to come out. But we know what situations we're in. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember that conversation that like, I was having with the group, and then it cut to a completely different day, and I'm like, that wasn't even the, like, that wasn't what we were talking about. Yeah. And so the moment I saw that, I'm like, this is going to be whatever they want it to be. I was black on hammer. It was the first night. <laughs> and I went to go pee, and I went into the wrong door. And I walked into the door... And I tell people all the time, it was like, you know, that Hunger Games room where they're like yeah, dropping yeah. shit in there, like like the game makers or whatever. Yeah. That's what it felt like. There were the- screens everywhere. There was like 10 producers in chairs cutting stuff in real time. There was like a whiteboard with our names on it. Like it, I was like, what the fuck is this? And they were like, get the fuck out. It was nuts. So they're in the house with you. They're in the house cutting whatever they want this image to be of you and the show in real time. Now you mentioned you can't bring your phones. There's no TV. There's no outside contact. Um, Do you get paid? You do not get paid to be on the bachelorette or the bachelor. It is completely voluntary, but the bachelorette and bachelor get paid, right? They get paid. It's not great. I think it's like, I thought it was a hundred thousand or something. I was gonna say it's like six figures. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. It's like, it's like just reaching six figures, which Mm -hmm. I mean, it's considering it's not really work. You know, yeah, you're just kind of like three out. months where I mean. the bag really is, is afterwards. Yeah. Cause you're doing interviews and you're on podcasts and you're now like brand ambassadors. Like the people who are the actual bachelorette or bachelor, they have a real shot to like make a business out of it. Like Rachel ended up being like, I think she's like an ESPN analyst right now. Really? Like it's sick. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So they typically pick people that don't have <clears throat> jobs that tie them down or people quit I their jobs they, or what? It's hard because like I was working at Salesforce. I was like a very corporate job at the time. And you have to tell your employer that you're going to be gone doing a reality show and you could be gone from one week to nine weeks and you can't tell them how much you're going to be gone. Yeah. And so they just have to be like, you have to work for someone or that's why it's always like a model or a personal trainer or like someone that doesn't have to go into a court, like a, like a professional environment and be like, Hey, I might take nine weeks off. And I just can't tell you what that's going to be. It might be nine. It might be three. I have no idea. So then after 10 episodes, well, not 10 episodes. Four for me. But four yeah. four yeah, yeah, episodes. Yeah, yeah. You're in the top 10. You get cut. You get sent home. 
What did that feel like for you? I cried on national television. Stop. I swear. I swear. <laughs> I cried on national television, but not because I was sad. Yeah. I was there for like four weeks and I maybe talked to Rachel one-on-one for eight minutes oh in four God. weeks. I was always on a group. A group. Okay. It wasn't because I was in love with the lady. So after that, after that amount of time, like traveling with some of the guys, like I had become genuinely good friends with some of the guys. Like, you're in this like such a unique environment. It's like it's like playing on a like a sports team, right? It's like mm-hmm. only you guys know what that like struggle is like. Not that this was a struggle, yeah. but um, and so it was after a super long day of travel, and I had become really close to some of the producers too. Like I was genuinely having a really good time. And when you first get on the show, you have a like at least for me, I had a little bit of like separation anxiety from my phone. And like information and the mm-hmm. outside world. But after like a week or so, it sort of rocks. Like you're not tied down to anything. You're not looking at your phone. You're just sort of existing for a little while. And that hasn't happened before or since the show where I just existed without any obligation to anything. And so you're in this environment. You're actually having a good time now. And the real story is I forgot to renew my passport. And so I couldn't go on the international travel. So I had to get whacked. So I was like, I had a feeling it was coming, of course. And I'm like, when I was on the show, I had to like rush apply for a passport. And basically it was like, if it gets here in time, we think you're going to stick around. But obviously it didn't. And I get cut and I'm like disappointed and I'm like frustrated that it didn't come in in time. And those rose ceremonies what people don't like understand is that those start at sundown and they end at sunup. So you're done at like five in the morning. Why does it take so long? You do the walkthrough thing a million times. Like it's, it's a show. It's not like as organic as it looks yeah. like it seems pretty she for, simple. She forgets people's names. Like, uh, like th- they have to do it from a different angle, like more energy this time. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's a show. And so it's four in the morning. The moment you get whacked, like you can't say bye to anybody. Like your bags are all, like you have to pack your bags before every rose ceremony, just in case you get whacked. And they're like ready to go if you do get whacked. And so I'm like, fuck, man. Like in my head, I'm like, I should have gotten my passport. I'm so stupid. Like I'm so frustrated. I wonder how this is gonna look. Like I'm so exhausted. I'm still kind of like hammered. And I was talking to the producer at the end of it because they do like an exit interview. And I wasn't giving them what they wanted. Like, they were like, how do you feel right now? I'm like, honestly, I'm just tired. Like, I just, I'm good. Like, I'm ready to go home. I'm just exhausted. And I remember them bringing Alex and Dean, who had become my really close friends. And they brought them out to say goodbye, which they don't do. Mm. And they're like, hey, man, like, we love you. We're going to miss you, man. Like, we're so sad that you're leaving. I'm like kind of sad I'm leaving too now, man. Like I'm going to miss you guys. And like, I start kind of like getting emotional over this like dude bonding. Yeah, exactly. And then they turn me back to the camera and they can see that I'm like having a moment with my, my new friends. Mm -hmm. And they're like, okay, how do you feel now? And I'm like, you know, pretty sad that I'm leaving. And like, they cut it up in such a way where it was like, it looked like I was so sad to be leaving Rachel when I just wanted to hang out with my friends for like another (laughs) couple weeks. Oh, that's hilarious. So after the show, you do Bachelor in Paradise, right? Bachelor in Paradise was fun. Really? Because you're not quite as nervous. Mm-hmm. Like you, I've had a month with like a camera like in my face and like a mic on all the time. Like you kind of get used to the experience. So now it's like, all right, I want to, I was kind of nervous, obviously the first time doing the Bachelorette. Now I want to have fun with it. Mm-hmm. Like it's also guys and girls, or isn't this like so much pressure to like, make a name for yourself or like stand out. Like, you know, you're going to meet people that you're already friends with. It was like, it was a, like a drunken adult summer camp. How long was that? Anywhere between one week to like oh, six same weeks. Thing. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, could you bring your phone to that? You can't bring anything to anything because they're so worried about leaks, mm. but you realize very quickly that they're not the fucking CIA. Yeah. yeah. So I definitely like I had work. Yeah. Like I couldn't be like, Hey work again. I'm going to be gone from one to six weeks. So I stuck my phone in and it like one in the morning would go to the bathroom and turn the shower on and like check my emails and like frantically respond to shit. Um, but How'd I stuck, sneak- we stuck in some contraband. Yeah. How'd you sneak it in? I put it in like a sneaky pocket in my luggage. Okay. And I they search everything that, yeah, they like, they, like 
they search it the way that like security guards search it as you go through SoFi. Okay. They kind of like sort of look at you and they're like, nah, you're fine. So you was pretty easy to smuggle a phone in. Well, how do they, I mean, obviously everyone would bring their phones. On Paradise, a lot more contraband. A lot more contraband. A lot more. Because you like, again, you realize they don't, they don't really check shit. Is there drugs? I didn't, I don't know. Okay. I didn't see any ever on my season. But again, it wouldn't be hard to bring it on. Was there any controversies with Paradise? Mine was kind of crazy. So our season is the reason they have a drinking limit on the show at all. So there's like 20 people that came down and we would come down. If you haven't seen the show, there's like one or two people that start on the beach and then they bring a person down. You walk down to the beach. Hey, oh my God, what's going on? There's like this big like fucking hello celebration. There's about 20 people that come down. Someone decided that for whatever reason, every time someone comes down, the group was going to take a shot at tequila. And by the end of the day, we're 20 shots in. Jeez. Every time someone came down, I got, I was like the fifth or sixth person there. So I'm hammered. And we're talking about girls that are like five, five, mm-hmm. 98 pounds <laughs> who are pounding shot after shot at tequila. And it was the most unhinged shit i if you look at our photo like corinne i love you if you're watching this like her knees all fucking buckled (laughs) like we're holding people up like it's a fucking mess on our season there was a sexual assault case what it it, so it it, so it was between corinne who with the wonky leg and and demario who's who's still a friend of mine and it, it was so drunken and sloppy and it was super late in the evening and my understanding of it was neither of them had a problem with it. They were both fine with whatever was happening. But a producer like walked around the corner and saw them doing whatever they were doing in the jacuzzi. And that producer was like, that girl couldn't give consent. And so she sued the show. The producer, the sued, producer the show. sued the show. Not Corinne and Demario, who were engaging in the activity. The producer sued the show. And she got a fucking bag. Totally. It feels like the intention of the lawsuit was just to get paid. Yeah, that doesn't make sense that the producer sued the show and not the people involved. For negligence. It was like, you as the show should have stepped in. Did they see it happening? Were they filming it? Or... A, a camera crew came around and she was like leading that camp. So a producer kind of leads some of the camera crew around. Mm-hmm. So she was leading that camera crew around. And when they saw it happening, she's the one that filed the suit. Did not, she step not in two though? two people. I think that they were like, hey guys, can't do that right now. Or you can't do that, right? Like you're on camera, you guys can't do that. So they kind of separated it a bit. But again, the two people who were involved didn't file a case against each other. It was the producer against the network. And how much did she win? I have no idea. They settled out. Damn. Yeah. That's crazy to me that a producer just profited off of that. I mean, she saw an opportunity. She took it. Yeah. Are you still in touch with any of these guys to this day? Alex Bordy, one of my best friends in the whole. We have a business together. We've got a couple Airbnbs. Oh, nice. He's my boy. He's awesome. Um, Dean, I talk to very, very occasionally. He's got a, he's married and he ended up being this like backpacker traveler guy. So like. (laughs) I don't know. He probably has like a flip phone somewhere. Um, no, but Alex is my boy. And uh, it's funny. You like you're in those relationships so deeply for like six months. It's like your high school friends. Like mm-hmm. the moment you go off to college, yeah. it's like, yeah, I don't talk to these guys anymore. <laughs> it was kind of the same thing. But Alex yeah. is still my boy. And uh, I will always look at the experience really fondly. I thought it was a good time. That's good. So life after the show, you go on a little bachelor paradise or bachelor spree of your own. A little bender. You yeah, got any we'll crazy stories during that area era? I mean, I know you went to a dog park one time. You know, that was that was post post era. (laughs) This is relatively recent. The the scars are still fresh with this story. You got to tell this story. No, this one's tough. Tell the people what happened in the West Hollywood dog park. So I'm about a couple months removed from a really serious relationship. And I'm just trying to do my best to exist and survive. Mm. I have a cute little dog that I adopted and I'm like, I'm going to take him to the dog park 
five times a week. I'm going to be outside. Like I'm going to, I'm going to do everything I can to like focus on other things than me being fucking sad. And I had a work meeting and I was all dressed up. Like I had a jacket on, which I literally, this is my outfit always. It's like a hoodie and jeans, had a jacket on, I had a nice watch on, like my hair was done. Like I was, I felt good. I was like feeling myself, but I was gone all morning having this meeting. So I ended up going home, get my dog, take him to the dog park. And I was just chilling, hanging out, letting him do his thing, run around. And all of a sudden I see him like playing with another dog. That's great. They're having a good time. And then I see this girl walk up to both of them. Obviously this other dog is her dog. And then she kind of gives me the, is this your dog? And I'm like, yeah, it's my dog. And she beelines it towards me. And in my mind, I'm like, no, like she's not walking dead at me to like have a conversation. She's probably just walking in this general direction. Mind you, she was wearing a top where her titties were just fully out. So I'm trying not to be a creep, but yeah. she's hot. So I'm trying not to make it like creepy hit on you at the dog park, but she walks straight at me and she's like, is this your dog? He's so sweet. And we start striking up a conversation and a few minutes in the conversation, like she's like, well, this is such a nice dog park. Like I don't really come to LA often. I was here for work and I was going to hang out with some people tonight, but they totally bailed on me. I have no plans tonight and I'm leaving she's tomorrow sending you morning. an alley-oop. Exactly. Like it feels like she's trying to get this out of me. Yeah. But if I'm being honest, like I'm not in a great emotional space. Mm -hmm. Like I don't really want to talk to women right now. Like I just kind of want to be by myself. And then the other side of me was like, this, this lady's basically asking you to ask her out. Yeah. And I end up being like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm not going out. I'm not drinking. Like, I'm just going to go home. Mm -hmm. And so I say bye. I was like, nice to meet you. Take puppy. Walk out. As I'm walking out in the back of my head, I'm like, fuck, should I have, like, just gotten her number? Like, should I have done it? Am I being, am I, am I stupid for not wanting to do this? And as I'm thinking that, she comes, like, jogging out of the dog park with her dog in her hand. Just titties bouncing around. <laughs> and she's like, hey. I don't know what you're doing later, but I had a really nice time talking to you at the park. Take my number. If you have nothing going on later either, maybe we can do something. And now I'm like... Too easy. Yeah, now I'm like, well, okay, yes, too easy, but I was feeling kind of drab, and I'm yeah. like, now it was an ego boost, and I'm like, maybe I just do look fucking... Like, maybe yeah. this is just my day today. And so I take her number down, and we start texting. First red flag, it's green. <laughs> All right? We don't love that. So I text her... And I decide, you know what? Fuck it. She took the initiative. That never happens, right? She's giving me giving me all the signals to take her out. Mm -hmm. So I end up saying, hey, like, let's grab like a happy hour drink. I don't want to be committed to like a whole evening. Mm -hmm. like, let's grab a happy hour drink. If it's fun, we'll still hang out. So she says yes, and she starts sending me photos. The first photo was like, I don't know where we're going, but do you like this outfit? And initially I'm like, that's a reasonable question. The photo was just chin and tits. <laughs> I couldn't see the outfit. Or it her was, face. It was just, or, or her face. It was just the bottom of her, fuck, her fucking mouth and then boobs. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, outfit looks great. Wear that. We end up going out and she's wearing like an outfit you would wear to the club. Like it's sparkly and it's tiny and we're at like a family nice restaurant. And I'm like, fuck it. Who cares? We end up sitting down and I'm like, you know, get whatever you want. Would you like to have some appetizers? And she's like, no, looks at the waiter and goes, we'll have two shots of tequila, please. I'm like, oh, okay. Before we even start actually having a real dialogue, she goes, I'll have another round of tequila, please. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Apparently, this is just, this is just what it is. Mm -hmm. We're 30 minutes in. We're already, it's like fucking paradise all over again. We're five shots in. And I finally get around to being like, so like, why are you here? Like, what's, what do you do for work? And she goes, oh, I'm a massage therapist. And in my head, I'm like, all right, so like a sports therapist, Deshaun like a specialty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, what, 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 what do you mean? What kind? And she looks at me fucking deadpan and goes, I specialize in new room massage. What's a new room massage? I asked the exact same thing. Um, so I asked her what it is, and she goes, it's nude full body to body massage body rubs. Jesus. And I'm like, okay, are you trying, are you trying to fuck me, lady? Like, is this, <laughs> is this going on right now? 
We we proceed to rip like another couple shots. It's maybe seven p. Like the sun is still out. Mm-hmm. And she goes, you know what? I was gonna like I had an appointment today, but it canceled. I have my stuff with me, like a bag of like oils and shit. And she's like, you seem like a big guy. She's telling me all the right things, yeah, right? Yeah. She's like a big strong guy. Would you like for me to give you a massage? Of course I would, lady. Jesus. Obviously, I want you to massage. We end up getting back to my place. And we're in the kitchen and she goes, go to the bedroom, get comfortable. You got it, lady. Yeah. You don't have to tell me again. Go to the bedroom, take my clothes off, underwear. I don't want to be too presumptuous. Mm -hmm. Underwear still on. Mush it around a little bit, you know, try to to look handsome. Um, She goes, makes drinks, starts playing fucking music out of her Bose speaker that she just brings everywhere (laughs) she goes. Walks into the bedroom with two drinks, completely butt naked. I'm hammered. This is a fucking dream scenario for any guy down on his luck who'd just been broken up with. Right. right? Like it is too easy. This is like, this is too perfect. Mm-hmm. She walks in, hands me, hands me my drink. And she's like, before we start, we got cheers. It's like, sure lady. We cheat, we clink. And then almost like out of like a bad corny movie, like I go to take a sip and put it down. And as I'm putting it down, she goes like, uh, uh-uh, uh, and like makes me drink the whole thing. Ooh. And I'm like, I didn't think anything of it. I have tits in my face. Mm-hmm. I was on airplane mode. Like I, yeah. <laughs> nothing was happening. And she starts dancing a little bit. And like, she like sits on me, starts like rubbing my shoulders. And I'm like, this is, things are going well today. The next thing I remember, I'm just awake in my bed in the exact same position that I was lying down in. Underwear still on. No recollection of what happened after that. I just woke up. Fucking full panic attack. I had no idea where my dog was. He usually sleeps next to me. He was under the couch, was scared. Felt fucking horrible. I start looking around and I'm like, number one, I'm like, am I good? Like, is my, are, are my body parts yeah. on my body? <laughs> I'm okay. My head's fucking killing me. And I walk out into the kitchen and I notice that my laptop's not where I thought I left it. And I'm oh, like, no. that's a little weird, but okay. And then I go to my work desk and my iPad's gone. No. And I'm like, no fucking way. And I go to my closet where I keep some of my stuff. And this lady took a Rolex watch off my wrist, went in the wall, went in my closet, took the box, took the papers, took everything. I got fucking drugged and burgled from this hot, big-titted lady. What? That was my last experience going out. I'm kind of hanging out in the house these days. Did you call the police? I called them immediately. And the guy was like, look, man, I'm sorry. You're kind of fucked. Like, this is a fake number. The photos. She had a burner phone? She had a burner phone. The photos were all of, like, just this portion of her body. I mean, I... I'm sure her name she gave me wasn't real. Right. I had no info. The only, I had a photo of her, but like the only information is that there is this hot blonde girl with big tits at the dog park. You just stole my shit. That was all I could give. They couldn't pull up surveillance or anything. No, it's not like that. It's not fucking, it's it's not CSI. (laughs) You know what I mean? They're like, honestly, brother, like just be careful next time. Like there's really nothing we can do. We're probably never going to find this person. So how did it work in terms of insurance? The Rolex, my the wash is iPad, insured. Yeah. Um, I had insurance on my like I got everything back. So like it like financially it was whatever. But the idea that I'm going out in the world and like trying to find someone to date again, and there are people out there legitimately who will drug you and steal your shit in West Hollywood. It's evil. It's insane. So that was like one of my first experiences back out into the world. So if you're watching this and you're a nice lady, what's up? (laughs) And if you're watching this and you're that bitch that stole everything, return it. Well, it's fine. Insurance. Or finish the massage at least. That's the minimum requirement. At least (laughs) I expected a new room massage, lady. How quick was it that the drugs kicked in? It felt like immediate, dude. It felt so fast. Did you get tested for anything after? Yeah, it was like roofie, basically. GHB or something? Yeah, yeah. Heavy roofies. Did you like, have to do that for the police report to prove that? I didn't have to, no. Oh, okay. No. Well, because I had like, I have cameras in the house. Oh, okay. So it was like, 
she grabbed my shit and walked out of oh, the you house. Had, oh, you had video of her doing it. Yeah. Well, that's, that's why I was like, I have video. Like, can you do anything? And they're like. So she just stole iPad, laptop, iPod, Rolex? I, iPad, laptop, watch. It's like a couple other random things in the closet. Was it weird? Do you have the surveillance footage? Can I put it over top? I don't. Because it was on an old Blink cam. Like an old, old Blink uh, camera that I don't have a subscription anymore. You don't yeah. think it's in your emails or nah, anything? I know. It's, I know I Fuck! Know, I know I don't have it. That would have been fucking girl, hilarious. I like, going around like Just this. this goblin. And I want to see you in bed like... <laughs> well, it's not in my bedroom. It's like in the living room. It's, it was like, it was like oh. in the corner of like, like the entryway to the house. Oh, okay. And so you could see her walking out with like a fucking like... Was she clothed? Like a, like a shitty Santa. I mean, she wasn't really wearing a lot of clothes to begin with. Yeah. But like, yeah, like a shitty backward Santa, like a Krampus, just stealing my items from my home. Damn, that's horrible. I know. So you mentioned you got in this predicament. Yeah. Because you were post-breakup. Post-breakup. Do you want to talk about that relationship and how it has impacted your life? Yeah. I know that that's been a, you know, big part of your life. And <clears throat> that relationship over the last three-ish years for me is probably without sounding like I'm trying to exaggerate is probably the single most impactful experience in my life. Love this girl, love currently this girl. And I met her in a time where I just wasn't the best version of myself. Committed too early was still like chasing this quote unquote fame or attraction mm -hmm. from other people was still obsessed with getting DMs from girls that didn't even know me. Like I, that's how I found the val That's how I found my validation. Yeah. And I met this girl who actually gave a shit about me as a human being, which made me feel amazing. But I still wanted that other stuff. We ended up dating. I cheated on her. And I remember her giving me chance after chance. Right. And like me just being like, oh, she's going to come back. She'll always come back until she didn't. And watching myself put a person that I love so deeply through that experience was the worst I've ever felt about anything in my entire life. And I committed to never making anybody feel like that ever again. Initially, it was like, I want to get her back. Mm -hmm. I want to like, I want to, I want to right the wrongs, right? I'm willing to do whatever it takes because I know that I fucked up so badly with someone who cared so deeply and that I cared so deeply about. So why the fuck did I do this? And how do I not do this again? Years, like this was almost four years ago, years in therapy, talking to my best friends all the time about how I was feeling and just trying to figure out the best way to navigate this. And we, we were in it together back and forth for so long because I felt so determined to make it right. I knew I fucked up, so I wanted to make it right. And it sucks. It, like as much as you can love someone and want something to work, you can't, you can't unbreak the plate, right? If you smash a plate on the ground, you glue it back together. It's never really quite the same. Um, so we went back and forth cause we loved each other so much, but it ended up being, too much for both of us. And that officially ended a little while ago. And i it sucks because I feel like I'm the best version of myself I've ever been because of this thing with this person. And I don't get to share that with this person. And so I'm just trying to do my best to, to move on and see what other opportunities exist. Well, it's good that you take accountability and right. have a heart, but something I don't, and then I try to understand if you love this person so much, then why did you cheat? I loved the way that attention made me feel more than I loved other things. When I first met her, I think I was also like, I was focusing on the wrong things. I have, I was focusing on like, did this person, can I take this person out to this fucking black tie event? Like, mm -hmm. do they, do they fit perfectly in my friend group? Do they match the, the list of what I thought I wanted to be with? Right. And they didn't necessarily like check off the boxes that I thought were the things that I wanted. There's a difference between the things that I thought I wanted and the things that I actually needed. 
She gave me all the things that I needed as a person, but didn't necessarily match the fucking arbitrary checklist that I had made for a girl that I wanted to be with. And I always, I think it's a problem with like dating, like contemporary dating at all. It's like, is there something better out there? I, there is like infinite access to beautiful people all over the place. And I always kind of had that in the back of my head. Like, is there something better? Is there something better? Looking for something better. I still want the attention. And I cheated because, number one, I'm an idiot. But number two, getting the attention from other people was more important than the love and attention I was getting at home. And that was the fucked up part. And that's a part that I've had to work on. I've had to work on, like, being okay by myself. Because a lot of times when you feel that way, like, you need people all like you want girls or you you want attention all the time the hardest part for me has been to be like I'm going to be happy being by myself and sitting on the couch with my dog not sliding the dms not being on dating apps not trying to get that like quick dopamine hit of like someone validating myself but just being okay being okay by myself and hanging out and um again it sucks I feel like I'm the person I've wanted to be emotionally for Mm -hmm. a long time and don't have that person to share it with. And so much of that growth was because of that person. Is it hard for you to, cause you made the bed, so you have to lay in it, right? For sure. Is it hard for you to accept that? Or have you accepted that? It w- It's a good question. I like, I try not to be, I try not to like live with regret. Mm-hmm. And I certainly wouldn't be heading towards the person that I really want to be if it wasn't for this thing. So I have to be grateful for that or else I'd be a dickhead. I'd be the guy at the club at 50. You know what I mean? Like nobody Mm -hmm. wants to be that, but I am, I guess if I'm not regretful, I'm remorseful. I'm sad that it, I'm sad that my, I'm sad that it, it took me breaking this person's heart to get to where I eventually really wanted to be. Regretful, no. Remorseful, for sure. Why do people self-sabotage? Work is hard, man. Like, why do people not go to the gym five days a week? Yeah. Like, why do people not wake up at 5.30 in the morning to work on whatever they have to work on? Because it's fucking hard. Self-sabotaging is easy. Oh, I'm just going to go have a couple drinks. Oh, now it's five. Oh, now I'm in some girl's bed. That's easy. Standing in front of the mirror and dealing with your shit is hard. Self-sabotage is just the opposite of that, right? Like it allows me, it's a, it's a bailout for having mm-hmm. to do the things that are required of me to move forward. It's just, it's the easy route. Have you ever been cheated on? Technicalities. Like the person that I'm talking about, even though we were like sort of together, not together, she was with someone while we were talking, but it's like, it, I don't know. I guess I give her a little bit of an out. It's like shades of gray. Like we weren't really official. We weren't, but like mm-hmm. we were saying, I love you. And like, I'm not talking to anybody else. There was a lie there. Was it yeah. like she cheated on me in like the classical sense? Maybe, maybe not, but there were lies there. And so I definitely know what it feels like to believe one thing and have the other thing be true. In that particular sense, in the cheating sense. Yeah. Yeah. Relationships are hard, man, especially out here. And like you said, in this day I got age, robbed, Mark. <laughs> Relationships are very hard. You got drugged and robbed. I got burgled, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, out here, I mean, it's just, there's so many options. And I think today's day and age, that is the biggest problem. Like, social media, as great as it is for me, and so, like, I made a career out of it. I think women, especially, are obsessed with Instagram and obsessed with the attention that they get from it. They like, like you said, after the show, like go into their DMS and seeing 99 plus, and it's just a bunch of dudes shooting their shot and the options now make dating very difficult. And it makes it so that like you asked, why do like people self-sabotage? It's so much easier now more than ever to distract yourself. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm going through this shit. I'm just going to let this guy take me to dinner. It's just a drink, yeah. it's free dinner. I get to I get to get out of the house, right? Like the infinite access of like social media gives people 
more of an opportunity to not have to ever sit in silence and work on their shit. That's when it gets hard. Why do you think people flip the switch once they do something horrible? Why all of a sudden is this huge wake up call? Like, oh my God, I fucked up. Like how many stories have you heard? How many success stories of like entrepreneurs that you've heard where the start of the story is I hit rock bottom. Mm -hmm. Like I was puking on myself in the gutter, like this, like downtrodden shit because you can only take so much. Mm -hmm. Like there's, there's a level of trauma that forces you to go the other way. Mine was this experience of like really, really for the first time, brutally, emotionally damaging a person that I loved. That was my like emotional rock bottom for me. But unless you touch the bottom, that's a, I guess a weird pool analogy, but like if you dive to the, you dive to the deep end and you get to the bottom, your reaction is to like use the bottom to fucking spring up to the surface. Mm -hmm. It's kind of the same thing. It's like, this is, I never want to get this low again. I want to get the fuck out and I want to get out now. When you hit rock bottom, it's not like this slow, like, all right, I'm going to think about going to therapy. I'm like, I'm going to think about, it's like, I want to get better now. And so I think that's, that's really the result of like getting to that low point. That's why, that's why people get there mm -hmm. because it's, it forces you to rebound. I guess what, like, what's that thing about like boiling a, like a frog or something where it's like, if you put them in like lukewarm water and then slowly boil it, they won't jump out. But if it's like boiling hot water and you throw them in, they'll hop right out. <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing. I'm almost positive there is something I'm not boiling frogs. I'm almost positive. I'm just saying there's an animal that if you fucking just put it in lukewarm water yeah. and slowly boil it, they'll just cook. But if you put them in the boiling hot water, they'll jump right out. It's the same kind of thing. Okay. I'm almost positive. That's a, <laughs> I'm almost boil. positive that's a thing. <laughs> Let's boil some frogs. But dude, thanks for coming on. I appreciate you opening up. I think, yeah, I mean, man. through our friendship, I've learned so much from you and you've always been there for me. So I appreciate you as a friend. And it's cool to see you be able to self-reflect and take accountability because most people could just do the easy thing and say, fuck it. I fucked up, whatever. Move on with my life. I don't care. So I think it's important that, I mean, I've seen your growth. I've known you for eight years. Like you've really transformed as a person. And I'm That's super really proud of that. Eight years. So, yeah, probably. Holy shit. Yeah. Well, I love you, man. I'm proud of you too. Don't go on any more reality shows or dog park dates. I think I'm too old for the reality shows. It might be what we, there's a golden bachelor now. I might hit that one. If I get to that point, you're going to get yeah, on that's it. Right, that's right. Thanks for watching guys. I appreciate you. If you aren't subscribed, hit that subscribe button, drop a like. And as always check out the clips on TikTok and Instagram. We're living large. See ya.